Hey friends, welcome to Recovering with Danny. I'm your host, Danielle Van Kay, and this podcast is all about eating disorder recovery, being a single 30-something, navigating the dating scene, and going through, you know, an existential crisis or two. My goal as an eating disorder recovery coach is to help you start living the life you have always dreamt of. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I deeply apologize for my voice. I feel like it's raspy yet again. I haven't screamed on on the top of my lungs. I have talked just literally the entire day, not to myself, no, to my clients. So it's just been a long day and I felt inspired to record the podcast today. It's a Thursday for those who want to know. And I, as we speak, we will, if you listen to this podcast, I have launched the mini bootcamp as you have also probably listened to the bonus episode or maybe you haven't if you haven't and you really are intrigued go give that a listen um i have some good news and some bad news the good news is is that july i can't believe it is already booked and this is from my existing clients they saw it and they said danny what is it i said it and they said okay where can i sign up so they already because i only offer two spots a month July is already booked up. However, however, there's a big however. Um, I have decided to probably take on more than two clients a month. And why? Because I decided to start off with two to kind of like see how it goes. But I'm already starting right now. So I already started in June uh, with one client. She basically said, I kind of wanted to do that. Like I already previously said in the other episode. And I technically could make some space for maybe one or two more. So if that's you, if you are that person who says, hey, you know what? July is a perfect month for me because I'm off of work, off of study or studies. Um, I don't have to go to school or well, school, school, uh, university or whatever it is, don't hesitate to sign up. I, like I said, the spots are going insanely fast. I didn't even launch it yet. And, and the spots the those two spots are already booked up. So I, like I said, don't sleep on this. Um, you can ask me anything, by the way, just send me an email or a DM or whatever. And yeah, just go to my website, you go follow all the links, you'll you'll see it everywhere. And yeah, that's it. So today we're going to talk about something that was highly requested. And that is the skinny or strong, but not skinny. <laughs> I want to say skinny, but not fat, but that's another podcast. That's literally the title of a podcast. I have never understood why she named that because it's very weird. Um, Although I recently discovered that The Skinny Confidential is also a podcast. I love that podcast, by the way. It's very good. Um, It's by Lauren Bostick and Michael Bostick. And I I had no idea that The Skinny meant giving someone the down low or like gossip. That's what my British guy, best guy friend told me though. So don't pin me on it like if if maybe he's lying to me I don't know you can tell me anything at this point but he said yeah that's very that's a common thing that people say just give me the skinny I'm like okay 
fair enough. Now I get it. So the skinny confidential, now I get it. But the skinny, not fat podcast name. I don't know about that one, but this is going to be strong, but not skinny. Um, and we're going to talk about the whole, not anorexia athletica kind of thing, but how people say the gym is my sanctuary. The gym saved me from my eating disorder. The gym is my holy grail. I will never give up the gym because the gym literally saved me from death. Now, this is this is hard for me to stand by. Very hard to stand by. I have been sent so many accounts from you guys saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? I personally think... This is literally an eating disorder in disguise. I literally think this is just an eating disorder wrapped in another kind of like package. This is me saying that I thank the Lord the gym has saved you because, you know, for that matter, I am so proud of anyone who has who is recovered from their eating disorders, right? I mean, that's that's what I do here. That's what my role is as a coach. I want everyone to recover from their eating disorders. However, I see such a big overlap in people with anorexia or restrictive eating disorders for that matter, starting to be obsessed with the gym. And the thing is, I was one of them. I wanted to be a personal trainer. That's why I studied nutrition and dietetics because I thought... I can, in combination with that, I can also become a personal trainer. I actually applied for training or become a personal trainer. I never did it in the end. And then I got Lyme disease, wheelchair bound for a couple of years. And that was the end of my supposed alleged career. Thank the Lord. Thank God. Thank everything in the sky. <laughs> and so that never happened. But I see this as an actual really horrific thing. And why is that? Well. Here's the thing. I personally think that we have to stop manipulating the way our bodies look like. We have to stop artificially suppressing our natural body weight by doing whatever it is. So by restricting. Now, restricting can also look like, let's say, going to the gym and um, using uh, the, the, the whole thing of, you know what, I'm doing it in a quote-unquote healthy way. I'm gaining uh, muscle, but not fat, that's healthy or this or that, you know, it's actually frowned upon in the bodybuilding community to have obviously fat, because when you are a bodybuilder, your fat percentage has to be extremely low. And guess what, especially, well, not especially only women that can cause amenorrhea. So that's basically the loss of a period, which happens to so many people out there in the bodybuilding competitions and fitness industry. And of course, this has been talked about often and a lot of people come are coming out of the woodwork saying, you know what, I have an eating disorder. So people like not Stephanie Buttermore has never come out saying that she has an eating disorder or had an eating disorder. She came out saying I had a very disturbing relationship with food and my body image, more so food. And I just see so many things going wrong with this. I mean, let's let's start off with the basics. When you have a restrictive eating disorder, you are in an energy deficit. So putting on top of that, like let's say you're you're exercising a lot or just on average, not even a lot, but you're going to the gym to quote unquote build muscle. 
you can't build muscle from not having anything. You have to first have fat in order to build muscle. Plus, you have to get fat or like build, not build fat, but like have some fat and grow some fat around your vital organs. And especially for us women, like around our reproductive organs. And it's so vital. It's so important. Not even women, just everyone out there. You have to have fat in order to start off like literally having a functioning endocrine system, but just in general being healthy. We need a certain level of body fat to be healthy. And this is unfortunately what I see going wrong from a biological standpoint. But guess what? Not even from a biological standpoint, more so from a mental health standpoint. I think that this can easily become, even if you go with the best intentions, because honestly, I think everyone starts off going to the gym with the best intentions. I think most people think I can easily handle this. I see this being used as in a destructive way very easily. And why is that? Well, guess what? Again, going circling back to the same thing, you can easily manipulate the way your body looks. So let's say you had a feast aka a binge i prefer to say the word feast and the thought in my back the back back in my brain when whenever i this was way before i went all in before i got lyme disease as well i always thought you know what i can always go to the gym that had this i felt like i had this sense of control still over the way my body looks like and the way my body feels and the way i felt in my skin and it felt like you know what i'm still somewhat in control now of course i wasn't in control it was my eating disorder trying to get some control back over the fact that i ate quote unquote too much according to my eating disorder so i just see this just going wrong with so many people and i think Sending that message out there of, hey, the gym saved my life is actually very detrimental to so many people because I can only imagine that if you are in recovery, you are mentally extremely fragile. And if you see an account like this, this can do more harm than good. And unfortunately, a lot of those people have big like Instagram accounts because they do a lot of before and after as well photos. And this is even more harmful. This is even more damaging because usually, I I mean, I got sent this, this is why I'm saying this. I got sent a few accounts recently of people that were so extremely skinny, like literally nearly dead. And then now they're looking, you know, they have curves. Yes, for sure. But it's mostly muscle. And I just see so much wrong in that because like I said, they're literally posing for that photo. Now, if you're posing for a photo, fair enough, but this is like literally flexing those muscles and seeing like, look at like, I'm sticking out my butt. And I just see like, I have a hard time accepting that this is something people do and selling as a you know, even I know that there's courses out there, courses, people coaching people saying, oh, you know what, you can use the gym as a way to recover. I don't, I don't believe in that at all. I think you have to really use the food first approach 
really focusing on getting nutritionally rehabilitated. And like I said, if you are in an energy deficit and you're expending energy, energy, expending, did I say that right? Expending energy. Yeah, it's energy expenditure. So if you're expending or extending energy, and even though you're fueling for that, it's really hard to keep up. So that's from a biological standpoint. Now, on top of that, like I said, fat to to build, like not build fat, but like have fat on your body and also on your organs. Don't forget that, right? I mean, we like lose a lot of fat around our organs when we are in an extreme energy deficit. I'm not talking about people with extreme being extremely underweight. I'm literally talking about people. I know so many people actually have a few clients who are in quote unquote larger bodies. I actually don't know why I said quote unquote. I shouldn't have said that. I just literally they're in larger bodies. There's no like judgment about that. They know it as well. And they are in extreme deficits. They, their bodies, their genetics are just not allowing them to lose weight, which is a survival like mechanism of those bodies. And, um, these people have done a lot of damage around or when it comes to their organs, you know, your kidneys, for instance, need to be in a bed of fat. And, um, there, there is so much like intrinsic, basically work that needs to be done internal that's the word not intrinsic internal work that needs to be done there's so much damage that needs to be i mean undone that going to the gym is not the solution like building muscle instead of and also let's face it like i just said it's a way of seeking control it's still a way of artificially making sure that you're you're looking a certain way it's really an eating disorder in disguise it's an eating disorder wrapped in another package and although i am very happy for those people who have said you know what the gym is my sanctuary the gym is my safe space the gym saved me from being dead like literally do your thing but don't sell that this is the way to go because it isn't it goes wrong so often because I wonder though, I wonder, let's say those, those people, and I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of generalizing, but let's say the majority, if you would take away the gym, if you would take away being able to build muscle, what would actually happen? How would they feel? How would they feel in their bodies? How would they feel mentally? We have to make sure that we're going to be able to let be able to let literally our bodies do what it needs to do. Let the pendulum swing the other direction for as long as it needs. And I don't think that's what they're doing. I think they're using the gym as a crutch. And let's say you're not even going to the gym. It can be walking. It can be any kind of exercise. But we're not. Ta- we're now talking about more of the bodybuilding kind of like the people that are having Instagram accounts. I like, like, like I said, I just got sent a few with over 30,000 followers that that's a lot of people who like show these before and after photos of them being extremely skinny and then extremely muscly. And I think I just, I think that's harmful. And I, I do get them. I do. I mean, people send them for a reason, right? I mean, this is something I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure a lot of people 
think they kind of secretly hope that that can be them, but they secretly deep down know that that's probably not the healthiest way to recover. I might get a lot of backlash from this. That's fine. You know, everyone has their own perception and their own rights to to do whatever they want to actually fucking do. But this is just my personal opinion and I've never seen this going well. I've never seen this going well. So, um, and also, like I said, from a biological perspective, especially when we, when I'm, I'm a woman, I see a lot of girls losing their period when they use it, the, the gym as, like I said, their sanctuary. And you have to start getting nutritionally rehabilitated first. So the food first approach is what I do all the time or always. And let's say if you um, are recovered and you have gained that fat, you have gained that fat around your vital organs, you have allowed your body to do what it needed to do. And then you say, you know what, I kind of want to go to the gym. But then you feel like, oh, shit, this could actually go pretty damn wrong because I feel this could be another way of control. That's taking a lot of responsibility. Right. And this, like I said, this was me in, in the past. I, I thought I can go to the gym in a healthy, sensible way. And I, I did actually did that for a while, but at some point I noticed, but now I technically can't go anymore because of I'm studying so hard and I really don't have the time or the energy. And I started to freak out. I really started to freak out. And guess what, what else happened during COVID when the gyms closed, a lot of people freaked out this is actually when i started to get most of the submissions on my on my for my company like i literally had the most clients because a lot of people said i used the gym as a crutch and i actually never realized how much of a crutch it was and so do i see this as a healthy coping to um uh to deal with your mental demons to a certain extent yes if you eat according to it fine fine, completely fine. If you are fine skipping the gym for a month or two months or three months or a year, if needed, absolutely fine. Then you have a healthy relationship with exercise. But I, I'm like I said, I'm talking about the people who are really proclaiming that the gym is the way to go and that that saved them from their eating disorders. And that's the, that's the way how they recovered. So I have not even looked at those accounts, to be honest, but I know of them from years ago, but I honestly didn't feel like I'm going to, I'm probably going <laughs> to lose my shit if I'm going to read those kinds of things because I have a hard time reading that and just letting it slide. So um, I just briefly read a few things, of course, but I didn't go do a deep dive into those kinds of accounts because like I said, I have a certain level of responsibility. I have a certain level. I mean, I, I, am a coach. I can't just let it this slide. You know, I can't let someone have these accounts, see it and then like a photo, for instance, I, that's just not how I operate. That's not how I work. So I prefer to kind of like not see it. And if I get this, it's, I get that go get those accounts in my inbox, then I'll talk about it like I'm doing right now. So my answer to this question of which I literally got, Hey, do you feel like this is a way to recover? My answer is a blatant no, 
Absolutely not. You get to have to get nutritionally rehabilitated, preferably get as much much rest as possible. Also, speaking about the whole migration response, we haven't even touched about upon that, but you're literally upholding the migration response, aka wanting to move all the freaking time. So you're not really like stopping that signal to your brain either. So there's so much to say about this, but I'm gonna wrap it up here because I feel like I wanted to keep this episode a bit shorter than normal. So yeah, let me know what you think in the comments down because nowadays you can actually comment down below. Let me know if you like this episode as well, repost it, do all the things you want to do. Uh, There's also a poll these days on Spotify. Um, And I would love also for you to give me five stars if you can. If not, don't worry. Um, And that's about it. So I will be here next week and definitely send me those podcast um, ideas because here we go. I'm talking about them. Okay, guys, I hope you have a lovely day and I'll be here next week. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many people as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation and support me is by screenshotting and sharing it on social media. And I would find it so cool if you could leave a review as well on any platform you're listening on. If you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Danielle Fenke. See you here next week.